Welcome, everybody, to the RevOps podcast, where we quite transparently talk about all things revenue operations. Whether you're in sales, marketing, operations, customer success, or any other place in the revenue operation, you're sure to find some valuable insights from our chat. And if not, well, there are a lot of other podcasts. I'm Jordan Henderson. I'm the Director of Revenue Operations at RingDNA, and I'm here with Brandon Redlinger and Jonathan Stevens, who can handle their own introductions. Brandon, Did, did you get a to promotion? You. You're the Director of RingDNA? Director of Ring DNA. I, doesn't it feel like that a little bit, though? Like, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It feels slightly appropriate sometimes. <laughs> cool. All right, yeah. Th- thanks for joining us, everyone. I am Brandon Rudinger, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Ring DNA. And I'm Jonathan Stevens. I am the Marketing Operations Manager at Ring DNA. Any more details you guys want to shed, or are we going to just like keep it high level? Here's what you do. We're not going to dive in at all. Nothing, nothing. If you want more details, go listen to some other episodes. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a business only podcast this morning. (laughs) All right. Well, fair enough. Um, Cool. All right, so so one of the things that that you guys I, I always make us do this is is I like to talk to people for people listening for the first time. I like to talk to my colleagues about topics that are typically outside of their focus area. I, I think that way I gain a lot more valuable insight about where I, as head of revenue operations, can have the largest impact to actually improve the alignment between sales and marketing and customer success. I also tend to find out things that are important to people that aren't or things that they don't think are important to them, but they are. And I can flag that it helps me improve communication. So with that in mind, and because again, you guys are both in marketing today, we are of course going to talk about sales pipeline management. Oh, yeah. Does anybody want to, does anybody want to take a crack at defining sales pipeline management? Or do you want me to take a crack at defining sales pipeline management? <laughs> Uh, it's about managing the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That is well right. said. Fair enough. So, so I, I would probably define it a little more in depth to to do things like it's like properly adding accuracy, accurate information, details around close dates, around qualification steps, around pipeline stage, and where things are at, as well as next steps, in order to actually provide reporting in a way that gives sales, marketing, CS, management, leadership, et cetera, accurate reporting as to what can be expected in projected revenue in the coming months. And you do that by managing your pipeline in Salesforce or whatever your CRM is. It's probably Salesforce for 90% of you. If not, it should be. Um, we can talk about that another day. But is that, is that sort of accurately sum it up? Is that in-depth enough for pipeline management? Sounds good. Yep. Cool. And obviously a huge tenant of pipeline management is that typically speaking, reps manage their own pipelines. Every rep is responsible for their own pipeline. And so it's very individual contributor dependent process, which is hard to automate and hard to make accurate all the time, always without some close management. And Alec, our producer is typing in, he typed in a definition of pipeline management. He did not like my definition of pipeline management. (laughs) I'm going to take from that. Uh, he's saying he did. He's lying. Now he's lying. Um, so, so with all of that said, how, co- how most companies handle pipeline management, we just talked about a little bit. It is an individual contributor managed thing. Usually you have a sales ops person that is sort of validating and managers are validating that the pipeline that reps are rolling up is actually real and the right things are tracked and people use like some combination of workflows and validation rules and process builders and all these flows, whatever, to make sure that all the details are in opportunities and reporting and 
it's a, it's a big thing, but it's it's very much managed on the ops side of the sales team. But I'm very curious because pipeline is such a sales specific thing. Brandon, as a product marketer, tell me about pipeline management. <laughs> tell you about pipeline. Management. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way that I see. Well, pipeline in general is it's kind of a uh, an indicator if um, and it's not even a direct indicator, but um, is the work that I'm doing actually effective? Right. So a lot of the things that product marketing is supposed to be doing is um, do like defining your messaging, defining your go to market, um, helping with collateral, all those things that product marketing does is then given to sales. And then, of course, you know, as a result of that, hopefully you are creating pipeline and you are closing <laughs> deals. Um, so how it really affects product marketing, um, it, it's almost more of a you know diagnostic tool, right? Mm. As, as it is anything else. Um, but also, I mean, it's it's iterative too. So um, the pipeline, the health of your pipeline, can also help me inform how I'm going to market with. The next product or going to market with the next you know big communication big launch whatever it might be um so it, it there are things that there are a lot of things that product marketing do can do to affect pipeline and um you know th- these are things like uh you know product marketing can help accelerate deals by creating sales enablement material at the bottom of the funnel, right? Uh, Improve conversion rates by offering better messaging, tweaking messaging that we already put out, improve win rates, you know, with competitive analysis, and then putting together some better battle cards, anything like that, right? So I feel like pipeline is more again more of a diagnostic tool and, and a, a little bit of a lagging indicator for some of the work that product marketing specifically is doing yeah i, w- I would say the lagging indicator is a great term for that right like it feels like the pre-qualified pipeline is also a, a pretty gen- general indicator for you i want you to push a little deeper though actually because i think it's low-hanging fruit that pipeline is a is an indicator of whether or not marketing is being successful, whether it's product <laughs> marketing or regular marketing, right? Like if we don't know that, then we should have different conversations. Um, but, <laughs> exactly. but I think that's easy. I think what, I, what I'd like to know more about is when you're looking at pipeline, what are the definitions? What are the pieces of data that are super important for you to be accurate so that you can use it in the best way, whether that's as a legging indicator or to inform your product marketing? Yeah, product marketing doesn't look too much specifically add a lot of, I mean, it's like, as long as we're all talking the same language, as long as we all have agreed definitions, as long as we are all constantly like in conversation about the the pipeline and the health, um, that matters to me more than like what specific metrics I'm looking at. Well, well surely there's got to be some like, there are sales source pipeline opportunities. There's partner source pipeline opportunities. There's marketing source pipeline opportunities. Every one of those has its own granular breakdown of where it's actually sourced from. And, and certainly, surely some of that has to have an effect, right? Right. And I would say also it's like taking a baseline and seeing how things change. So is do, do we have a healthy top of funnel? Um, or are things really stuck there? I, what are the things that I can do? to help move those deals, uh, uh, put more pipeline in the top of the funnel. What are the things we can do? Uh, or, or we can even look at different 
segments too. Are we winning in certain segments? Are we losing in certain segments? We can look at, are we winning? Like if, if our data is clean, if our data uh, is in, in Salesforce, and we can look at certain reports like, um, are competitors attached to certain opportunities and are our win rates against those specific competitors going up or down? And that will tell me, all right, here's the type of content that I need to support sales with. I, I think you just you just you got to the answer to the question, which is like segments, <laughs> competitors, verticals, like where did they convert from? All of that is super important information, right? And, and not use cases, that. specific yeah. products, and that goes yeah. that's that's pipeline management. Like, are we making sure that those things are ending up on opportunities so that we can provide that back to you to use? Right? Exactly. If it's not on the opportunity, it doesn't exist in a report, and therefore you don't have it. Yeah, you have zero visibility into right. it. And it's just like, I got to rely on you coming to me and saying, hey, Brandon, I need this. And it's like, well, do you really need it, Jordan? Yeah, you have no idea. I have no idea. Exactly. Like, give me the data. I mean, you trust me indefinitely, so obviously you give it to me. (laughs) Of course, uh, exactly. (laughs) Um, All right. So, so that makes sense. I'm, I'm going to come back to you in a second. I actually, I want to, I want to, I'm going to move over to Jonathan and sort of ask the same question. So Jonathan, as a marketing ops person, how is pipeline management important to you? What does it affect? Yeah, it, it affects a lot of things. I'd say primarily at the beginning of the stages, it'd be the lead generation, how we're qualifying leads, ensuring we're aligned on the leads we're going after, and then also just the nurturing process of the lead generation so that you know we're nurturing leads to kind of feed the pipeline as much as possible. Got it. So again, I, w- I want you to push deeper. Like I, I think I, I think I know all those things. I think our listeners know all those things. What, what yeah. would be the data points? What would be the things like I'm, I'm say I'm a sales ops guy. I, mm-hmm. I obviously manage our sales ops team here. What are the things that you're like? We need that data 100 percent of the time, always on the marketing side. So I know what I'm doing. Yep. So I'd say one of the biggest is business size. Uh, going after the correct business size is crucial in what we're doing. So ensuring that we're aligned on. Uh, whether we're going after enterprise accounts or mid-market accounts, it's really critical that there's an alignment there, especially for when we're doing lead generation or advertising. We want to make sure we're aligned with our advertising budget. Uh, things along those lines would be really crucial. Got it. So so the one there's one that I think both of you are missing that I think is super important. Anybody want to gather a guess? It's kind of unique to us, but probably not. Like maybe half our customers would deal with this. Industry, uh, industry. We, uh, Brandon actually mentioned spot on. It's the uh, Alec is Sales guessing force. technology. Technology is like sort of right, Alec. The 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 one I'm looking for is what products are they buying? Isn't that what isn't products? that super important to everybody involved? Like as a product marketer, I assume that's sort of low hanging fruit, right? Like what products are we selling the most? That seems like the obvious thing to. And we we obviously exactly. sell like nine products at Ring DNA, and then again as marketing operations, the products they're buying is going to have a huge impact on our entire marketing operation. So, um, Alec Alec as our producer who knows nothing about any of this had the closest guess. I don't, I don't think you did. We can rewind it. It's recorded. So. <laughs> it's recorded. <laughs> all, right. all right. So, so then I think I, I like the answers. I think the, um, the, the, the question I want to follow up with and either one of you can start is, is if, um, Brandon, you mentioned, I want to set a baseline report and then I want to pop open that report like a month later to help me make decisions. If you were to make, if you were to set one report today, 
and then look at it every month moving forward, what would be the number one most valuable report for you, for both of you? You're both looking at me with a raised eyebrow, and I cannot report. smell what The Rock is cooking. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're talking reports, are you talking about just to support the pipeline metric? Yeah, da- data set. Like, what pipeline reporting piece of information would be the most valuable for you? So is it like uh, opportunities opened this week? in specific segments. And then a month from now, you look at opportunities open this week in specific segments and compare those two to see if you've done well. Like what would be the thing that you would want? Yeah, it's a ARR is a important factor to look at, to see the deal size, making sure that, you know, we're, we've got a healthy pipeline. Um, seeing how that trends over time is very crucial to the direction we're one ahead. Estimated ARR of total pipeline or like current quarter pipeline. Uh, maybe both. Maybe both. All right. I said one report, but we'll allow that. That is fair. Um, <laughs> we'll what, get a dashboard. Yeah. <laughs> you can get 20 components on a dashboard. Yeah. It's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, dashboard. What, uh, what, what, what three key pieces of information you pull out of that? So I think you pull out how you're trending, uh, especially if you're basing that off of the industry. Uh, it's really showing where you're targeting, how well you're doing with the industries you're targeting. I'd say that's a very important one to look at. Um, and just overall growth. I think that's important to see. Are you growing in this industry? And if not, maybe you need to pivot to another industry. Nice. I like that. That's a, that's an awesome point. I like pivoting industries. And, and of course, I think everybody that's listening to this has probably had to pivot industry in the past year because mm-hmm. everybody pivoted industries one year ago. <laughs> we did. So <laughs> I'm sure everybody else did too. If you ever sold into travel and hospitality, prior to 2020 you didn't in 2020 so strategy changed just a little bit just a little bit yeah yeah which which is good if you're agile which goes back to your point jonathan looking at it consistently and remain it helps you remain agile so that when that hits when that happens you're already ready for makes that next move you've already got that baseline set you know what to shift into you get those things super important all right brandon same question yeah i want to say like yeah deals that were closing with certain products attached to it, right? Like I, I, I now do want to know. Now you're just now you're just circling back. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm circling. No, but I mean that 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 is very important. Uh, you know, for me as a product marketer to know um, for which specific products we do need that extra support on. Which uh, ha- like because a lot of um, a lot of companies. When they close bigger deals, or they're closing a lot more deals, but they don't actually have the the uh, support system in place to actually make those customers successful, that's a huge deal, right? So you see a lot of companies who end up um, like they're like, we want to do ABM, and then they go and they close a gigantic logo, and then they their team didn't see that coming. They they can't actually onboard. Uh, an enterprise product like or an enterprise company like that they can't support thousands of users and that whole thing falls apart or they can't even implement or onboard right i've seen companies before they close a big product or a big logo because their marketing leader wanted to do abm but they weren't aligned with everyone else and then that company never even implemented the solution which is crazy right yeah like yeah. and, and honestly, it's not that uncommon of a story. No, it's not. 
which yeah it, it, in the enterprise when you uh when you go when you think about a lot of these companies that have you know 100 or 200 customers and they've implemented a total of a thousand people ever right because they have 200 customers and they're all small seat counts because they're a young company exactly. and then all of a sudden they sign walmart and walmart's like we need to onboard 4,000 people like they're not equipped to handle that they've got 15 employees that's what, exa- how's that ever exactly. gonna work yeah. Yeah. So that that sort of stuff can tell you, can give you good insights into how you should be doing capacity planning and how you need to build that support team. All that stuff is very important to look at. Like, yeah. The, and, and there will be leading indicators in the pipeline that that sort of support is going to be needed. Right. Yeah. And, 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 uh, it works both ways. So, so obviously at RingDNA, we, we track seat count and price per seat for all opportunities that are in the qualified pipeline. It's a required field validation rules. We'll talk about those in a little bit. Um, but so I can go in at any time if I'm in product marketing, marketing, sales, customer success and see, hey, this deal looks like he's about to close. He's got a close date in three weeks and it's got these three products with this many seats. We should start to get that implementation plan ready. Right. Exactly. Super important. I can handle that. Also feeds back to you to say, hey. Out of our current pipeline, like 80% of them are buying this one product. Like we are doing a great job with that product. We either need to do better elsewhere or we just need to go all in on selling that thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and, exactly. Right? Like, and, that's, and that's totally fine. Um, and, and for me, and this is sort of an interesting one as a revenue operations director, and I've been in this situation, the situation you talked about, where I was at a very small company and we were signing actually a Walmart, like one of those sort of mm. massive companies. And we had never onboarded more than like 45 people at a company. And it was like, oh my God, we have one CS person. We are going to <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely <laughs> fall apart. Like there is no universe where we can do this. And we had to legitimately make what I consider the smart business decision there, which is a very hard decision, by the way, to say, hey, let's do this in stages and let's pick a smaller team and onboard them. And then we'll grow into your business as we grow because we can then onboard some people and then you can grow into another division and so on and so forth. And that'll help us get there without totally turning this customer six months away. Right. right. Like, exactly. And- like you, you have teams who are only dedicated to implementing and onboarding and supporting one logo in the yeah. enterprise like that. Like it's when crazy. When you get that company, yeah, you have one person <laughs> whose job is to make sure that person stays your customer. That's exactly. It. Yep. Yeah. 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 And if you don't have that resource, I think your approach is definitely a phase approach is a good one to take because that, that ensures you can kind of take the train the trainer approach and that one team can train the rest of the teams and or at least help yeah. train the rest of the teams. Totally. And, and, we're, we're in the situation here where obviously we've done quite a bit of the large customers, so we don't really have to worry about that. We have the experience, but I can tell you from, from prior companies where I was at a company that was about 18 employees and we signed a massive customer like that, it's a really hard conversation to have internally to say, hey, let's turn down this couple hundred thousand dollars and turn it into $30,000 because... We, we, we can't, it's going to be gone anyways. So, but it's yeah, it, it, like, like I said, it's the smart move, I think. Totally. Yeah. Painful, but yeah, very, very, very painful. All right. I feel like we've done quite a bit on pipeline management. I kind of want to move into this week on LinkedIn. Do you guys want to stay on pipeline management or do you want to go to this week on LinkedIn? It's kind of pipeline related anyways. 
All right, let's, let's do this week on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> so much excitement from you, Brandon. <laughs> yes. So much excitement. This week on LinkedIn, you know how much I love LinkedIn. I know, it's true. Hey, your video's back. You came back just for oh, this. Hey. <laughs> you are the most active person on LinkedIn in this group, by the way. We should probably get your messages, because I get like four messages a week, and I'm guessing you get more. So I'm choosing from very few at the moment, which reminds me, everybody listening, submit me your messages so that I can use them on the show. I'd like to get more than four a week to choose from. Um, there you go. Maybe maybe Jordan Henderson, the soccer player, has been getting your messages. He's getting all my messages. <laughs> Why do people keep asking me RevOps questions? I don't get it. He's so confused. I don't even know what pipeline I, is. I hope he just starts answering them. Just like throwing out sports puns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just kick that goal, guy. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this week on LinkedIn... When it comes to data integrity, the, the question I got, by the way, I was diving right in. The question I got this week on LinkedIn was, when it comes to data integrity in your pipeline, do you prefer alerts or approvals? And what they mean by that is, do you prefer to require that your sales ops people or that your salespeople need approval before tweaking certain things on an opportunity? Or do you would you prefer to generate alerts to the rep that they're doing something that is non-standard, but allow them to make that change without an approval? So basically, do you prevent them from doing it? Or do you give them an alert that says, hey, what you're doing needs approval, keep moving forward? Yeah, in, in my perspective, I'm very fond of using kind of alerts over approvals. I think as a business, especially a growing business, you want to keep moving. You want to keep the deals flowing. You don't want to create a lot of stops in the process of getting a deal across the finish line. So I definitely lean towards the alert side of things. Interesting. I, I honestly probably would have pegged you to to be on the 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 approvals side of things <laughs> just just because typically like not having some data would seem to frustrate you a little bit. But oh, it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> But I deal with it. I deal with yeah. it in my own way. So, so you would you would rather feel the frustration of having to like do a bit of data hygiene than to like slow down the business is what you're saying. Yep. Even though Got it may it. not seem like that when I'm complaining about uh, data being wrong. But I'm overall. I'm just thinking that I'm going to remind you of this the next time you text me at 7 p.m. that there's some data missing from a report. <laughs> Fair well, enough, I, I would, I, Yeah, I would say that. Like for smaller companies who do need to move fast, that's that's probably the right answer, right? Like like us, we're what 115, 120 people, but growing pretty quickly. Um, yeah, we we need that agility, we need that speed. I don't want reps. I also don't want reps to be like frustrated and like, ah, I need this approval. Like, I don't know how long this is gonna take, and uh, you know, it it slows down a deal on their end. Um, but I do know for bigger companies, yeah, like they have stuff on lockdown, you know? So it's probably like a little bit of kind of depends where your company is at. If you're a smaller company, I, I kind of agree with, with Jonathan on that. So you, you guys are making me feel like just a dictator over here. Cause, cause I'm, such I'm, a dictator, I'm man. pretty heavily on team approvals, <laughs> to be honest. Boo this man. Yeah. Well, but, but, but for sort of the same reasons that, that you're saying, Brandon, I, I, I see, I guess I see risk everywhere and, and not having data or allowing things to move forward. Now, I think it's a balancing act, right? Like, like all things that the real answer they, they teach you in, in law school. One of the first jokes that they tell you is when anybody asks you, 
asks you a question, your answer should always be, it depends. So that way you never <laughs> actually have to say anything in a, any committed sort of way. And I think that's, that's sort of true here in that, like, it depends on what piece of data or what thing you're you're allowing right That's like if it's true, if totally. it's pricing yeah. exceptions then like of course it's approvals because we're not letting reps just go out and discount 65 percent yeah. so like yeah. like like of course that's an approval but if it's like oh did they put the seat count in for the product at stage two or stage one like I don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. They'll like, be a little looser there. By the way, I do require that at stage two. It is actually like required, but, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think it just. I think the right answer for me, at least, is it depends. And I'm probably a little stricter on it just because. Um, Jonathan, I, I thought you would be on my team here because you've been frustrated at 7 p.m. trying to populate data. I've been frustrated lots of times trying to fill in some old data, so I just try to avoid that as much as I can. Yeah. And I, I think coming from an enterprise company, um, I've seen where it's all guardrails and just nothing moves. It's completely slow. And then, you know, your competitors are passing you by while you're stuck in approval processes. So I've seen it where it's on the opposite end of the spectrum and it's not fun and it's not fun for people doing the work and it's, it's not good for the business a lot of the times. Granted, yes, there is a kind of a balance you've got to find. Some of the critical pieces probably do need approvals. But for the most part, I think you just have to have that nimble mindset. Are there other considerations that people should be thinking about, too? Like not just company size, not just depends on the um, which specific. Yeah, exactly. Are, Are there other considerations, too? I think there's one really important one, which is how long does the approval typically take? I think that I think that is actually an incredibly important consideration. Like, is this something that if a rep runs into this, that it's going to take us two days to decide and turn around for them? Is this something that they can shoot off an email and get back in 10 minutes? Right. That 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 should definitely be part of it, because to your point, Jonathan, if you're if your competitors are moving faster than you, you're losing. And, and so, so, and, and by the way, like if an approval is going to always take under an hour, which we have a lot of things that I'm very comfortable that we can get approved in under 30 minutes, most of the time, like the vast majority of the time, I'm way more comfortable putting an approval in place. If it's going to pretty much take under 30 minutes, like shoot off the email, then I don't care. Like you should get that anyway. It's 30 matter, minutes, yeah. right? Like it's, it's a minimal thing. You weren't going to do wait. this right now anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Does <laughs> this matter if you do it at three or three thirty? Come on. Right. <laughs> Uh, which which I think would be a super important consideration. I'm trying to think. Any others that you guys can think of? Mm. Nothing that comes to mind. No, I think we I nailed think, it, I think guys. Timing is, yeah. I think we nailed well, it. This, yeah, is that, absolutely, this is absolutely nailed the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, whoever we asked gave, that should send us a gift. We, we, I, honestly, I honestly don't think we even answered the question. I think she got it. <laughs> it depends. Yeah, so, you can even get an answer. Yeah, exactly. maybe. All right, then we'll try to summarize it. I think we, think we have to try to summarize the, at least the, the criteria by which we would make the determination would include things like your company size and stage, your the the type of data or thing being approved or required or moved forward and whether that has like a substantial business impact or whether it's just like a valuable data point to to track specific reports or metrics and then the third is what what does your approval process look like and are you comfortable that your approval process will be handled in such a timely manner that it allows the approval to not slow your business down so i would i would take those three factors into consideration and use them to make the determination of whether this is something that I want to be approved or I want it to be moved forward with alerts or requirements. Is that, is that properly sum up where we landed? Well said. 
Is I that like the it. the answer to our non-answer question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the non-welcome. So, so the answer is still it depends. Basically, <laughs> yeah. We we've set we've set forth a framework by which you can make this determination for your own business because that's the kind of guys we are. We're adaptable. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, cool. Any other last final thoughts about pipeline management, about the this week on LinkedIn question, any throwaways you guys want to talk about today? Otherwise, I'm I'm out of uh, I'm out of questions for you both. No, I think this was a a good topic. Yeah. Cool. This is a fun yeah, one. I, I think it was quite fascinating to to sort of hear what uh how pipeline management affects product marketing specifically, because I thought that would be a bit of a challenge. So thank you, Brandon, <laughs> yeah. for, for sticking with it. I was like, well, I don't know where this is going to go. Honestly, I think it out. went to a really good place. Like, I actually think there is some valuable data in a pipeline that can inform product marketing. And I think that's something that, honestly, like I hadn't even thought about until this conversation and is something that we should think about. And, and when we talk about, like, what products are they buying? Like, we track that. I'm really glad we tracked that because this conversation happened. So hmm. it's like, now I know that that's an important thing. And so I think there's a lot of value in the conversation. So. Totally. And, and you know what, to be honest, I would say product marketers probably don't pay enough attention to it. Right. Um, so yeah, for those salespeople, yeah, go, like, go approach your product marketer, show them that like product marketing isn't like they are measured on performance indicators that are more closely aligned with product than mm-hmm. like marketing. Right. So they're not used to going in and looking at the data and the reports and actually they never sit down with a sales ops guy and go through exactly the health of their pipeline that month or that quarter or whatever. Like it's not that common. So, you know, if you want to build that relationship with your product marketers and get some of that support with, you know, content enablement tools, anything like that, like go go make friends with your product marketer. Like we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're decent people. I promise. <laughs> I mean, de- decent, decent is decent. the appropriate <laughs> term. Um, not, not too high, not too low, <laughs> just decent. Uh, but, but depends, no, I think, I think honest. you're right. I think, I think it's, it's both sides, right? Like I, I don't think, I don't think a lot of product marketers and sales ops people are communicating what things would be helpful in measuring in a pipeline, like to make sure that you get the data and the things that would be valuable to you. I don't think that's happening because nobody's thinking about it on either side. And that's, that's, and, that, yeah. and that's a huge miss. It's a huge yep. miss. And yeah, so, so, and it's a yeah, really easy solve. Like to have a, have a couple conversations, add in some data points and good to go. Job done. Exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. If data is king, then alignment is queen. So I think those yeah. two are, critical and everything. You have been keeping that little nugget in your pocket yes, for a I while. Have. Haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. I, I liked it. It was good, but it just it just came out way too easy like you had it written in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Googling buzzwords. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. <laughs> oh my god, amazing, cool. Well, this was this was super fun, guys. Everybody who's listening, remember to go ahead and send me, Brandon, or Jonathan your LinkedIn message is to make sure we can include those in our next week's podcast. Any topics you want to talk about, definitely flag for us. We are always open to going down some weird rabbit holes and talking about things that maybe we don't even understand. So feel free to message us, and we'll make sure all our details are available. Guys, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for this, and we'll talk again next week talk to you next week bye bye bye, <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs>